And everyone, whether you're in a corporate job or you're a founder, really could benefit from that. I think that there's so much jargon that goes on out there, and that makes me crazy. But people talk about personal brand and thought leadership, and they're overused terms, but they're also really important. And developing an executive presence is really about becoming the person that people think of in your industry when they think of your industry. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey everyone, welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. Today I am chatting with Pam Foley. And I'm really excited for this conversation because we met a few weeks ago on a networking call and I was like, wait, you provide such a fresh perspective on something that I think is so needed for business owners to hear. And I'm so excited you get to listen in on us restarting the conversation where we left it off and actually hit record. So before I go into what we chat about, I'm going to give you a little background. So Pam Foley is a straight talk enthusiast and the founder of AOU Creative Group, specializing in brand strategy, executive presence for founder-led, purpose-driven businesses. She's a former attorney and best-selling Amazon author. Pam and her team get results for clients without empty promises or unrealistic expectations. And their company helps people develop executive presences. So you've probably heard thought leader or personal brand. They do that work along with even helping with reputation building, all of the things that really you think of when you think of building a personal brand and through the lens of building your business. And so what we talk about today is how... It's so important to remember that as a founder CEO, how you're showing up online or in the world is always on display. You're always basically on. And I really wanted to dig into it today because I see a lot of things online on LinkedIn of companies going through really hard times and CEOs doing stuff that's a little bit tone deaf and forgetting that their employees are paying attention to how they're showing up online. We live in a world where you're always online. And so we talk the reality of that, how to combat that, and what things you can do to make sure that you're setting yourself up well with your executive presence online. So really excited for you to listen in. Hi, Pam. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to pick up where we left off in our conversation last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. (laughs) But it was a great conversation, so I'm excited too. Yeah. And so we started having some good convos about things. I was like, wait, we should actually record this for listeners. And so that's what we're doing. And I think they're in for a treat for sure. So before we kick off and dive into the meat of today's episode, Share with listeners a little bit about your background, what you do, and how you ended up being an entrepreneur. Sure. Well, how much time do you have? So I own AOU Creative Group, though at the beginning of 2024, we're actually rebranding to the Executive Presence Institute. Love that. I don't think uh, I knew that from the last call. I'm talking about it for the first time. I've owned this business since 2014, and we work with purpose-driven businesses that are founder-led and helping with executive presence and strategy, making a plan because shocking how many people don't have a plan, truly shocking. Before that, 
I was an attorney, actually, worked in marketing and mostly for nonprofits and realized that making money was probably a good thing. So I went to law school and became an attorney and opened my own practice in 2007 after a Me Too-related incident, ended up getting laid off from a firm and decided I never wanted to work with anybody again or for anybody again. Mm -hmm. And I guess I haven't. So you've been doing an entrepreneurship thing for quite some time. Oh my goodness. Yes. Almost since before time began, right? (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. But before it became trendy, for sure. Before it became trendy. And I left the practice of law in 2012. And I did it mostly because I had become really successful. And I was checking all the boxes of what people think success is, right? I had an advanced degree and I was in a professional job and I owned a law firm that I grew to three locations and way too many divorces during the recession. And I was financially successful, but I wasn't personally successful. So I wasn't the parent or the person that I wanted to be. And I was lucky enough that I could make that decision. And yeah. so I made the decision to leave the practice of law. And and that was really before you could. Now I think there's a little more opportunity for moms and women that didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. How grateful right. on some level for the pandemic because that kind of pushed it forward. I so agree. in this business. So when you say helping founders build an executive presence, what yes. does executive presence mean? If a listener's like, great, what does that mean? What is it? And is it just reserved for founders and CEOs or who should be thinking about all of this? Really, all of us should. There's really three C's to executive presence. It's really about confidence. It's about clarity and it's about communication. And everyone, whether you're in a corporate job or you're a founder, really could benefit from that. I think that there's so much jargon that goes on out there and that makes me crazy. But people talk about personal brand and thought leadership and they're overused terms, but they're also really important. And developing an executive presence is really about becoming the person that people think of in your industry when they think of your industry. Mm. So when you think of soft drinks, you think of Coke. Yeah. Think of mimeographing machines or whatever you call those. You think of Xerox, right? Yeah. You want to be the person that when people think of executive presence, I want them to think of me, right? When people think of HR, I want them to think of you and recruiting. And it's sharing and being the expert and being confidently the expert and not feeling like you have to say yes when you should say no or having an answer when you should say I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's having the confidence to do that and the ability to communicate that in writing and in person. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of conversation around building a personal brand or being a thought leader. And that's all part, I feel like, of having it an is. executive presence. And where I see executive presence show up more just because of the nature of what I do is right. how you show up as a leader for your team. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, I guess, what I wanted to dive into today in the conversation, and we can just go there, even though I have a bunch of other questions I want to ask about executive presence that I think could benefit listeners. I see, because I'm on social media, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, and I see impact. I see different things happening online, on LinkedIn specifically, or in the press or whatever. And it's like, as a CEO and a founder, people look at you and they also think about your business. And so when something's not going well in the business or you're going through hard times or 
You have to make difficult decisions like laying people off or changing a benefit. I mean, there's so many hard decisions you have to make in a business. And I see people reacting to social issues that are going on. There's so many things that you as a founder have to decide, am I taking a stance on this as a person? And what is the business doing? Or how does how I show up during this time impact my team and the business? And there's just so much to unpack there. And that's really where I want to go into. Yeah. Um, I guess anything come up? I have questions I want to throw at you, but I also imagine that some things might come up for you when I bring this up. It does. And I think a couple of things. The first thing that comes up is that two realities of consumerism, right? Is that people buy from people and people buy from people that they know and trust. Realtors have said that forever. And having a solid executive presence where you're compassionately confident, where you're clearly an expert in what you do, you didn't take it up yesterday and are making it up, right? And and are also just authentically caring. I think when you have those, you build the trust that you need from the people who are going to buy from you, but also from your team and your employees, because you're right, hard decisions will come. And it's whether the economy is having issues or there are things happening in our world that are happening just at a shocking pace. And it matters to your brand and your business, what you stand for. And I think it's important for founders to step into that and to say, though I'm not my business, I'm the face of my business. And I get to lead the decisions and the stance that business takes. What I hear from that is the work starts before the hard time. Oh my gosh, yes. Before the thing, the social or the world issue comes up that you have to respond to. And now if you're a CEO or a business owner and you're listening to the show and you're like, okay, if I start showing up now, like I'm in the thick of a lot of hard things, I would imagine it starts first at home within your company and how you're being with your team and your customers. Would that be true? I think it starts from the first day you decide to get into business. I think it's who you are, who your core values make you, and being confident enough to share that and to step into that. I think for so many new business owners, it's really easy to say yes to everything and every client and be afraid to be real. And that's a mistake because you're losing the trust of people and it's really hard to get it back. Yeah. It's your team or your customers. Yeah. That's true. If you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. What's that say? Something like that? It's part of a song in Hamilton too. Yeah. So I want to dig in a little bit into really adopting your... I'm going to say like personal branding strategy or executive presence strategy during hard times. And I've seen often where a company will do a massive layoff, they'll handle it not correctly or something will happen. The response of the leader is so tone deaf. Sometimes you're just like, how did you miss the mark on this? And then flip side, I do see companies that do it well or as good as they can. Nothing is good. It's like as good as it could be. If you're a leader and you are building a presence out there, is there any advice on how to shift your strategy when you know that you're going through a tough time or you're about to lay people off or you just laid people off? Is there advice you would give? to somebody in that situation of like, if they need to make any changes or shifts at all? I guess the first thing would be is that I hope, and it definitely doesn't always happen, but I hope that they've been thinking about it and attuned 
to what's happening before this happens, right? They've already created these relationships, be it online or in real life. It's a relationship, but it's almost like a perceived relationship because your employees might not know you if you have a big enough organization. They might not personally know you. I hope it happens before, but I think when hard situations are going to happen, it's important to understand that people can see you always. And you can't turn that off. There were incidents when earlier this year, when big layoffs were happening in the tech industry, there were some CEOs, I think, that on other social media platforms outside of LinkedIn were maybe on vacation or at retreats and just posting on social media in their personal life some things that were pretty toned up. That hurts the reputation of the company. It hurts the reputation of the executive. It hurts for a long time. And people don't forget that. So I think knowing, unfortunately, when you're the founder, you just are always on and you have to respond to that. And then you have to put yourself in people's shoes as best you can. You don't have to be a psychologist, but you do have to understand that these actions hurt real people. Yeah. And people say things and they think they're helping and they really hurt. But think long and hard before you say anything. And it's a lot easier to say something and then think. Yeah. So many people do that. It's so true. There is such a fine line of like, I'll speak on behalf of myself. Now, I don't have a big team. I sometimes struggle with this too, because I have to do hard things on behalf of my clients. And if I'm laying somebody off with a client, it doesn't have nearly as much of an impact on me because I don't work for the company. I have my own business. And so it's like, I want to contribute to the online space in a positive way, right? I don't want to contribute to the negativity because there's too much. And so sometimes I struggle and I imagine other founder CEOs do the same thing of like, how can I be authentic to myself and be positive while I know yesterday I just laid off half of my team or I just did X, Y, Z. It's like, that's such a hard thing to navigate. And I guess it's personal and you probably don't have exact perfect advice for how to handle that, but it is an interesting world that we live in. Yeah. And I think if you're just real, if you say that, that I had to make some hard decisions yesterday, and this is how it affected me. People want to know that, and people want to know that you're real and that you have feelings and that you understand that there's an impact. So I think that you can be positive and authentic without being fake and pretending or hiding it. Yeah. I think peeling back the layers and really sharing what that means, I think is so much more value in terms of building trust, which is what you're doing the whole time you're on social media as a business owner than any of the other kind of platitudes you could put out there. It just don't matter. I have a a former boss of mine who's starting to be a little bit more vocal now that she is not managing a team. And I imagine part of it is she doesn't have to worry about her employees revolting against her (laughs) if she says stuff. And I get that 100%. But that's also the reality of being a boss and having employees is like, That's something you signed up for, whether you like it or not. So every word you post, they're reading and you have to keep that in mind. That's the other thing. Like as much as you're watching their social media to see what they're up to, because there are definitely a lot of managers who pay attention to their team social media for especially like Mm -hmm. 
if one of your team members calls out sick and you're like, oh, you were sick, but you're doing X, Y, Z, same thing. And I think you forget that when all of a sudden you're the boss. Right? Yes. And it never goes off. Social media is a 24-7 monster, right? And it doesn't go off and they are watching. So we've talked a little bit about employees, but this obviously also impacts customers too. So let's talk a little bit about that. Does the same advice apply? for your customers as it does your employees, or is it slightly different? It's different and yet not. Okay. Because your customers also want to know who you are and what you stand for. And they want to know that they align with you in a way that, in fact, I pre-scheduled social. So I pre-scheduled a LinkedIn post on today, and it said over 70% of people in America prefer to buy from brands that they know they personally align with. And some of that is because we have a very divided society right? But other is just because of human nature, right? People like me do things like this, Seth Godin said in one of his many books. And I think that we're looking for that. And so as a founder, whether your business is teeny tiny or enterprise level, your customers are watching and they're making buying decisions based on who they think you are and how much they think they can trust you, not to pound on one issue, but trust makes a ton of difference on who's going to buy from you. Whether you're posting on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, they are watching and they are looking. And not only will 70% want to align with you, well over 90% are shopping online and doing research before they buy, period. And your online presence matters. And what you say and what they perceive about you matters. So that was actually a great segue into my next question. We're talking a lot about social media, but that's not by any means the only place. So where else should you think about how you're showing up for your customers and employees? Like, let's say you go work with a new client who's maybe never thought about this. Is there like a, you don't have to spill all the beans, but are there like places (laughs) or buckets that you tell them to look and really think about first? Yeah. I guess that's the question. I mean, yeah, social media is the obvious elephant in the room, right? Mm -hmm. That's the place that we start with. We also do reputation management with folks. So we're looking at Google reviews and we're searching Mm -hmm. the internet generally for every comment made on your name. And we address those as needed. So sometimes that's a little bit of crisis communication. Yeah, Often it's not, which is a good thing. But we do have reputation management software that we use. That's really important. And then we work with people when we're doing executive presence. We also build a PR strategy. So we're getting quotes and articles out into publications and online periodicals. And that really helps to build a reputation. But like I said, first we search reputation to make sure what you've put out before isn't hurting your reputation. Especially because it's like, if you're not intentionally crafting it and you're just hoping it falls to fate, I imagine sometimes it's also a world where you don't realize something is hurting you as much as it is. Yeah. That ever happened? Oh, absolutely. People, especially in a world where we're posting what we have for dinner and where you went and what you're shopping for and what party you went to. And those things can hurt you, whether you're a founder or an employee or anybody. Those things can hurt you as they exist and we find those and we deal with them. It almost makes you scared to do anything. And I don't want people to like not do that by any means. But I can imagine if you're listening to the show, you're like, okay, great. This validates all of the reasons why I don't want to do this. See you. Goodbye. Can you share why that's a bad idea? That is a bad idea in an online world, right? 
like I said, well over 90% of people in the U.S. are looking online to determine who the founder is and not just your name, like who you really are and thus what the business is about. And so you have to exist online and you have to be authentic and you have to be a real person. Disney calls their employees on stage and off stage. And whenever they're in some front-facing, customer-facing position, whether it's the popcorn sweeper or the CEO, right? It's called on stage. And as a founder of a business, regardless of size, you just have to remember that you're on stage. And so you just have to be aware that everything you post is being watched. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to choose wisely. And everything you send in an all-company email or on an all-company Slack. Everything. Every word you write. Every text you send. Every social post. Every blog you write. Every quote you put out there. It stays. Right? The one thing about the internet is it's a little bit forever. A lot forever. Until you die. And then it's still there. You just don't know. It just doesn't bug you anymore. Do you have examples? You obviously don't have to share either a specific client of yours, but anything that stands out as... An example of a time a leader went through a hard time and was able to like navigate it. I feel like there's so many examples of what not to do, the Elon Musk's, the Facebook layoffs. There's so many not to do, and we don't talk a lot about what to do. So do any come to mind on what is a good person to emulate? You're right. As soon as you ask a million negative. I know. It's sad, right? It really is. We really should be giving the people that we want to replicate the center stage, not the people we don't. Isn't that just such an interesting thing that we do as humans? It really is. But I just had a conversation today with a client who works in culture development and works in large corporations. And they were talking about a corporation that has gone through some interesting times. They've had some layoffs And the other thing that's happening is they're buying quite a few of their competitors, actually. Mm. And as they absorb these competitors, they're bringing on teams that will clearly be overlapping as these businesses integrate. And some of these people will lose their jobs. Mm. And there's a ton of fear around that. Um, One of the things that leadership is doing that I think is working really well is they are physically going around. In this case, many of these offices have hybrid work schedules. So people are in the office. Obviously, I'm sitting at home, so I don't have that. Yeah, But they are physically going into offices and walking around and talking to people and being present and being real. And they can't change the reality of what's going to happen because it's just happening but they can be human about it. Mm -hmm. And so they're engaging with people and they're understanding how it's affecting their families, how it's affecting morale generally. And it makes it better. It doesn't make it easier. It makes it better. Yeah, I would agree. There's so many easy ways to handle those types of situations poorly. Like it's easier to handle it poorly. It's also when you're the one managing crisis situations or a hard time, you kind of have to have an emotional wall a little bit because you have to get through it. It's like when I was going through a divorce, it was like, I just had no feelings about it. It was like, what needs to do? I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. But it took like a solid year before all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like, I'm still processing this. And that's how when you go through these times too at work and during hard times. I was a divorce attorney. So believe me, I get it. And that's exactly 
what being a divorce attorney is every day, yeah. right? And part of why I don't do it anymore. But I think that's part of what this company I just referenced is really doing well, because it's not easy for an executive team to show up and be human and walk literally through desk to desk and talk to people while this is happening. And it's pretty brave in a lot of ways, but it builds trust for the people that remain. It builds morale. Mm -hmm. And it actually, though it doesn't help, obviously, on a day-to-day situation, I'm not making light of that, it does help the feelings of the people who are separating from the company and the programs that they're offering in terms of trying to help those people transition is a really good thing. But yeah, it's pretty great. Kudos to them. And hopefully... Their CEO is the one driving that. That's the other thing. I hope so, too. It starts from the top, and it's always much better when it comes from the top down, for sure. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, most of our clients aren't quite that large, but still, hard conversations come up. Yeah. Why I love working with small businesses, and I'm sure you can relate, is most of the time, the leader wants to be, in my case, I'm helping them like build a team and be a boss, obviously, the the name of the show. Most of the time, they want to do a good job. Like they they truly do. And it's so fun to work with them because you give them advice and you watch them do it. And you're like, this is just awesome. Like when I've worked in bigger companies, I give the CMO advice and I'm like, you actually didn't even hear what I said, let alone go apply it. That's why I love working with small business owners because, and I'm sure you can agree, like they're the ones that employ the most people in this country, really. And they're the ones that have the ability to make such a big impact. And they tend to be so purpose-driven. Like they're really wanting to change the world in their own small way. And I just love that. Totally. I just want to help that. I know. That was going to be my next segue. If you're listening to the show and you're thinking about wanting to build your own kind of brand and leadership in order to build your business, sometimes you don't even know where to start. So hiring and working with somebody like you can give such a playbook of what to do and how to do it. So how can listeners learn more about you, follow you, or even potentially work with you? Yeah, thanks for asking. First, follow me on LinkedIn or connect with me. It's at Pamela Parker Foley JD. Okay. You'll find me on LinkedIn. JD means Juris Doctorate. It's because I was an attorney. You might Uh as well use it. You did a lot of work and spent a lot of money for it. I did. And I have used it. And I'll tell you, law school, highly recommend just because you learned a critical think. I use critical thinking every single day. Oh, yes. Yes. You need more of that in the world. And then we are at aoucreative.com. And you can see exactly who we are and what we offer. And you can book a call and we can chat about what you do. And I'll tell you that every single client starts with strategy. Because if you don't have a plan and a goal, then you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. not. So we start there. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that the work that you do also feeds into how people hire for their teams, how they manage. Oh gosh, because yeah. So the place where businesses go wrong, quite frankly, is they don't spend enough time thinking about their core values, their mission, their vision any of that stuff. And then they wonder why they have people on their team that don't don't align with those. (laughs) Yes. I'll have, I've had companies come to me that have been in business for a decade and are wondering why they're not selling what they should be, but they don't know who their ideal customer is. They don't know the story that they tell. And just last holiday season, we had a cashmere sweater company increase by 450% when they figured out exactly what you just said. 
Yeah. Why does anyone care? Everything gets easier. When you know who to hire, you know what to hire, you know how to market, you know how to sell, like everything gets easier, but businesses just jump into the doing. They do. Which I get. I've done the same thing. I have too. Even in the business I'm in, I did that first. And then I went, oh, wait, we're not practicing what we preach over here, are we? It's always so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And listeners, you need to start thinking about this stuff. So I'm going to keep talking about these things. And we're going to keep bringing people on the show to talk about these things because it's mission critical. It really is. So it really is. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Of course. All right. We'll talk again soon. Talk to you later. And before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to share something with you. If you're a small business owner looking to build your dream team hassle-free, keep listening. Or maybe you have fellow entrepreneur friends who keep struggling with making the right hires on their team. I just wanted to take a second to remind you that my team over at People Principles offers high-level, what I would say the best, headhunting recruiting services in the market. We take the guesswork out of finding the perfect candidates for your team. We help you set up your hiring process, creating interview guides and an interview flow for you. And then we go out and find the best people to fill your open jobs so that you can focus on growing your business. We understand that as a small business, every hire matters, and that's why we're here to help you make the right choices. Check out our recruiting services over at peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting. Let's take your team to the next level.